the show, almost the family football team, why do we bury our dead? Lessons from St. Max, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. That's right. It's time for the CU Weekly, the podcast that tries to cut through the noise of the digital continent and bring you the topics that actually matter. This is episode 382. Golly, we're getting old. (laughs) I'm Kathleen Lee. You have me just for two more weeks, and then our good shepherd, Father Chris, will be back. He is now back across the ocean. He's on the continent. In Canada. (laughs) Yes. He is, but here with us today, we have Olivia Galino, Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Kathleen. She brought apple pie today. We are rejoicing. yes. (laughs) We also have as our guest today, Father Brad Doyle. He is the parochial vicar of St. James, St. Philip, (laughs) and Our Lady of Peace in Vashry, Louisiana. That's three churches. That is three. Three (laughs) churches. Count them. Count them up. Yes, indeed. We're so glad that you're here. We also have... Up in space, our very own Jeff Blackwell, technical director of CU and commit com, what are you, Captain, I, Capitan, I, Commandant? I'm, I'm the guy. They say, you know, yeah. hey, give me of just our one near Earth <laughs> orbit here, satellite. Yeah. <laughs> good to have you, Jeff. It's good to be. We here. also have in the ball pit one Mr. Ed Ball, who is our video director. Hello, Ed. He says yep, howdy. He says hi. <laughs> You can't hear it, but we can feel it. Yes, indeed. So, like, we even exist. Yeah. Well, you see a figment of our imagination. He's like that, like mm. flying robot Roomba thing in Flubber. You know, like that, yeah. like. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That's what came to mind. No. Welcome, ladies okay. and gentlemen. I was gonna say insert some kind of Father Chris sci-fi reference. Uh, that's to kind Star of Trek. sci-fi, Flubber. It is. Okay. Uh, yeah. It is definitely sci-fi. Yes. I just indeed. had a picture of like what Father Chris's face would look like if he would have heard me say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, good thing. I mean, not not good thing because we miss him very dearly. He's yes, we do. in Canada celebrating Thanksgiving this week with our good friend Roberto. We love you, Roberto. Big fan of the show. Roberto, very yes, yes, indeed. So we man. have a, um, um, another live show next week, and then Father Chris is back. I don't know if I can give up my chair. I think y'all should just like share the same shot. Maybe like one of you on a stool or yeah. something. Yeah, the first I think, show, you know, the let first an arm wrestling event, to, you yes. know, determine who. Yeah, uh, battle who royale. You would, you would beat him. I'm no I mean, it's all about the wrist. Break the wrist. Break the wrist. Break the wrist. All right. No, it's a term. Right, 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 right. Whoa. Well, speaking of breaking things, um, Father Brad, I know you are a big football fan. Okay, well, they good. break things in the football. Like, don't hurt me. I know. No, no, no. That's, I mean, that's why I would never play football is because I'm afraid somebody's going to hurt me. Well, true. Yeah, and, I know and, that. And for our radio listeners, we let, need to let them know that Father Chris is wearing a Saints jersey. Father Brad, yeah, Father, Father Brad, Brad is wearing right his Saints jersey. Who dad? Which one are you wearing? Who dad? Oh, the only one that matters. Breezy, <laughs> baby. Breezy. Let's be honest. Let's Number be honest. nine. The goat. Yes, yes indeed. Now, oh here in Louisiana, gosh. we love our Saints. We love our Tigers. Saints. We love our Saints and our Saints. And, uh, yes, we oh. do. Oh. But you know what I love? I love when football players, and you know, and we know that that sports, um, sports athletes, athletes um, usually use their uh, positions to to stand on some kind of platform. Mm-hmm. I love this this um, this story about uh, Philip Rivers because his like just what he had to say about life, about family is so cool. And he uses his position as quarterback 
right? To just be awesome. Absolutely. Yes. Philip Rivers, he's a he's a really good quarterback mm-hmm. for the Los Angeles uh, Chargers. Uh, they're not the San Diego Chargers anymore. Ooh. They're the Los Angeles. They moved. Um, but he's he's well-known Catholic. He's very yeah. open about his faith. And um, there's an interesting situation um, where he shocked many people about um, – a statement he made. He's already been blessed with eight beautiful children. Mm -hmm. So hashtag Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And Rivers and his family are are devout Catholics. He and Tiffany, her junior high school sweethearts who married. Oh, little babies. (laughs) When they were 19 and 18, they met each other. So, you know. um, No, they married when they were 19 and 18, right? Oh, oh gosh. Yes. They were were junior high sweethearts and they married when they were 19 and 18. They must have been just out of high school. That's Wow. Yeah, well, that's why they have eight kids. They had time. (laughs) They have time. They have six girls and two boys ranging in age from 16 to almost three years old and are completely open to life, obviously. Um, And their couple's children, their names are Haley, Caroline, Claire, Grace, Gunner, which is a – does anyone know what that is? That's That's a football reference. Oh, I was going to say that sounds like one of the characters from the Icelandic team on Mighty Ducks. Gunter, <laughs> come on! <laughs> and then no, a gunner is somebody who on a punt you punt it, and they're the person that goes down to tackle the guy receiving the punt. Oh. It's a gunner. Oh, okay. Is that why he named I, his? Maybe. I suspect. And then it's Possibly. then it's Peter. So it's like, <laughs> it's like gunner the, and Peter. And the next like six names are <laughs> like I don't know if he had like a deeper conversion after gunner. <laughs> He's like, and then it's Peter, Rebecca, Sarah, Catherine. <laughs> So, okay, so the real story here is that um, during an interview with sports talk host Dan Patrick, mm-hmm. um, he's, a re- he's a reporter, he asked Rivers if he and his wife were done having children, which is a classy question, right? right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, if you have more yeah. than four kids, I feel like that's the question you get asked. Like, yeah. so, yeah. y'all done? Yeah. 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 Oh. Y'all good now? Or my favorite, like, you do know how this happens. Huh? I'm like, oh. what? <laughs> so okay, stupid. What? <laughs> Yeah, so um, so Dan Patrick asked a classy question, right? Uh, the quarterback. This was this was Phillips' response. He says, "Heck no, I hope not." <laughs> I don't know if that's the exact way he said it, but I yeah, hope it is. Probably. Um, seemingly in disbelief. Okay, uh, Patrick. Dan Patrick said, "I should talk to your wife." Does your wife know that you want to have more? And like, I mean, it's kind of like he's trying to drive a wedge. What was the right? context of this interview? <laughs> I don't know. People do weird interviews. Um, Oh yeah, she said. He says this. Oh yeah, she's all in. <laughs> I love it. Rivers assured uh, him, but the interviewer interrupted to gasp. Six girls, which is kind of sexist, right? I yeah. mean, it's like, come on, girls are awesome. Um, oh, confidently, nice. the quarterback affirmed the couple's mutual stance on life and having more babies. And mm. Rivers went on to describe a little about his family functions. He talked about his faith and all that. Um, and, and he said, "But I'll tell you what." as if to reassure the interviewer that being the father of six girls is a blessing, not a curse. The three oldest are girls. Now they're 16, 13, and 12. So we have a lot of little mamas in the house helping out. Right? And so uh, Patrick, you know, it was just, he was really blown away Mm -hmm. and didn't know how to respond Mm -hmm. to this thing that's countercultural. And that's really what I want to talk about is that um, Philip Rivers is using his platform as a quarterback to – do great things in sports, right? He's a very good quarterback. He did yeah. throw two picks today. Sorry, sorry, Philip. But mm. um, he, but he's living out his faith in the world. I mean, that's right. really the vocation of the laity, mm-hmm. right? He has this platform. He's a great football player. He witnesses to his faith mm-hmm. in that. He's not afraid yeah. to to say that. Um, and he witnesses to his faith. So it was really awesome that he's using his uh, vocation well. 
Yeah. yeah, and I think too he's witnessing to like the in a radical way to the dignity of the human person because that comment about like well six girls like that strikes yeah. me as as like commodifying a human being like oh, you're, if yeah. you have six girls well that's a lot of weddings to pay for yeah. or like that's just a lot of girls like don't you want more boys don't you want it to be more even and then yeah. you're just thinking about kids as numbers as currency right. as just commodities that that are like either you know helping you or hurting you right. and I feel like his response is like well I hope we have more like yeah heck yeah we're both in for this and mm-hmm. it's just that radical witness to the dignity of the human person that every person is good and it, do, it has nothing to do with like the choices that they'll make or like the the amount of money that they'll cost because every like it just costs money to be alive like it has nothing to do with that the fact that they are is good mm. and that's just a beautiful thing to witness too yeah and what it shows is i think a deeper misunderstanding about marriage and family and yeah. culture right so like yeah. someone who's actually living out the reality of the natural law, right? That's yeah. what marriage is for. That's what sexuality is for. Um, and children is a part of it. Procreation is, is a, an end of that. Um, and it's so, so when you're concentric to God, you're eccentric to the world, right? Mm-hmm. Eccentric means like you, you're over there and it's, you just look weird to me mm-hmm. because you're concentric to God because the world's eccentric to God. Mm-hmm. So when you're concentric to God, you're eccentric to the world. And so it blew Dan Patrick away because he didn't know, um, why this quarterback who is seemingly successful he could have whatever he wants he could use any contraception he wants he could yeah. have the best quote unquote artificial contraception in, in the world yeah. um that he wanted but he's being totally open to life and he's actually being set free from that yeah. well you know and, and the idea that well, don't you want to focus on your career don't you want to focus on yeah. your riches don't you want to focus on what you know all these other things that you can be you know in commercials and spokesmen for right and you want to devote your time to kids yeah like yeah Yeah. like why have kids when you have money yeah (laughs) and things to spend it on and places to go you know like that's the underlying mentality yeah also want to point out he's uh he's a spokesman for a company called groove rings have you ever heard of groove rings no yeah so uh, yeah jeff the groove rings are um they're silicone rings so let's say uh, there's something called i think this happened to um Who's the host, uh, the late night host? Oh, I can't even think about oh, that. Oh, he, yeah. he almost ripped his finger oh, off because he had a metal ring and he caught it on a, on a corner or something. It's it's There's some kind of weird term yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. But so there's this thing, like if you're active, what do you do? Like if you're a, a football player, you're always working yeah. out, you're always throwing the yeah. ball. Like yeah. you want to re- have that symbol, right? right. Or that symbol of unity. <laughs> and so these companies and Groove Ring's one of the best because of the way it's patented and designed. Um, it allows air to get in and it doesn't give you this like little... Uh, gross sweaty finger uh-huh. um, for lack of better uh, words and um and it's silicone so you can work out with it and mm. and you could represent i see a lot of people at crossfit gyms yeah um a lot of people running races i'll yeah. see them with groove rings and he's uh he's a spokesman and that's a pretty cool uh um, get for yeah. the groove rings to get a, a, a football player, but it shows where his heart is, right? Yeah. He's not he's not the spokesman for what have you, some like clothing line. His clothing line is a wedding ring. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's wow. pretty cool. That's awesome. I don't I don't watch, I mean I I watch the Saints and I watch my Tigers and that's probably about it. But I love I love 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 when there's an athlete who wears because you, they you, they just don't and you don't know like you know in that in that environment um, do they not obviously they're not wearing on the field because you know, because it could be dangerous. Yeah. yeah. There's also football players who wear like, what's that football oh, player? Alvin Kamara and yeah. his septum ring. And his, and his, he has like, like, a, he looks like 
Yeah. <laughs> well, and I'm like, hey, come on. You know, <laughs> you know, you know what the original uh, symbolism of her marriage was? Is a nose ring. Nose ring. Really? Oh, yeah. What yeah. is it? Where in the Ezekiel? Mm. Yeah. So in the wow. book of Ezekiel, um, it's this symbol, uh, or it's talking about God's relationship to. Mm-hmm. Israel and like Israel's the bride and he's like I'm going to clothe you I'm going to put a royal crown on your head I'm going mm-hmm. to you know yeah. put a necklace around your neck and a, mm-hmm. a ring, ring in your, your nose, nose because she I'm marrying you and yeah. so originally in the in Semitic cultures in the in the Middle East um, especially at that time around Jesus and before um, uh, you wouldn't wear a ring around your finger you'd yeah. wear a nose ring it meant you were married huh so maybe wow. Kamara's married. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Don't think so, but I, but. But he where could in be. the nose would they put? Do we have any evidence on our research on where the like ancient Jews would wear their I like don't. in you know nost- which nostril you, something? Which nostril? <laughs> I'm just I'm curious. That's question. not a weird question. Yeah, no, yeah. that's good. I mean, it's yeah. a little bit weird. But whatever. But anyway, I love seeing I love seeing the guys who wear those those yeah. rings because it's a choice. Like mm-hmm. it, it's so easy for you to say, oh, I'm gonna take this off and just take my wedding ring off because of. Right. XYZ. Because of reasons. Yeah. But for them to say, I'm going to take my actual wedding ring off and put this one on because it's still important. And everything yeah. that I do, mm-hmm. I'm married. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, yeah. I think that's beautiful. Well, I what I awesome. tell people with rings, um, oh, we're talking about rings now. This is awesome. <laughs> so, um, so it's like because I, I, a lot of priests, I'd say my collar is my ring, mm-hmm. right? It's oh. an external symbol of an internal reality about my relationship to wow. the bride, wow. which is the church. And um, do I, Always wear my clerics, obviously not because I'm gonna, <laughs> but I was, you know, um, I normally do, right? Yeah. Unless it's something like I'm working out or like mm-hmm. I'm going to a Saints game, and I'm flashing my jersey. And actually, I, w- I went to a LSU game and I wore my clerics and like an LSU hat earlier this mm-hmm. season. So I normally have my clerics on. And um, when it's bad to not wear clerics or your wedding ring is if you're wearing, you're not wearing it because you don't want to be recognized, right? right? Mm-hmm. If I'm going um, to hang out at Chimes with my friends and I don't wear my clerics because I don't want to be recognized, mm-hmm. that's yeah. a problem. If you don't wear your ring because mm-hmm. you don't want to be recognized as married, yeah. that's a problem. If or even going, if it's like complacent, like I'm okay if people don't know that I'm married or I'm okay if people don't know that I'm a priest or don't recognize me. Like that that complacency is dangerous because it leads only to like mediocrity yeah. or, or the temptation towards like deeper, I don't know, like violations of that, that trust and that true. relationship. You should want to shout it out to the world, you know, right, like, yeah. like yeah, when you right. first fell in love and you're like, I want to tell the world. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm Tom Cruise, calm down. Yeah. Is that Tom Cruise? <laughs> but like the jumping on the couch on yeah, yeah. Oprah, that was yeah, Tom Cruise, right? Oh, that was Tom Cruise. Oh, I'm with you. Okay, so real quick, yeah, real quick. Um, I also want to shout out another football player, yes. but it's a New Orleans Saint. Who that? Oh. Who, who that? that? <laughs> who that said they're going to beat them Saints? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> who that said they're going to have a lot of babies and talk about it on the field? Ben Watson. Yes, Ben <laughs> so Watson. So Ben Watson, our awesome, he, he's a great one, great oh, he's football incredible. player. He's a he's a like a philosopher. I mean, this guy mm-hmm. when he writes, it's like he he's pro life. He's a Christian, a professed Christian, and uh, he already had five children. Okay, mm-hmm. and then he catches a pass. This was a, two weeks ago, I think it was against the Bengals. Catches mm-hmm. a pass, great catch, um, and then he puts the ball under his jersey. Oh, I saw that. And then he rubs the belly, <laughs> and then he puts up one hand. Okay, if you're watching mm-hmm. online, if you're not, I have a five up. And then he puts up another hand and puts a one up. So you're like, oh, he's got six baby. And he puts another one. He had twins. Yeah, he's that bad. To win. Yeah. Yeah, and he talked. He shared about after the after the game. He shared that he and his wife um, had had some miscarriages. Mm. Uh, They Mm. were they were like, let's try again. Let's try one more time and see what the Lord wants. And 
So now they're going to have beautiful. all kinds of babies. And Older he spoke um, three or four years ago at the National March for Life. Oh, um, wow. Incredible. That's yeah. right. So yeah. To, to wrap this up, I mean, I think it's, um, can I wrap it up? Is yeah, that what sure. I you should go, do? You go, okay. you go ahead with your bad Well, stuff. to wrap it up, <laughs> I think it, it comes back around to that um, children, and, and we see this in Philip Rivers, Ben Watson, and many people in our own lives that have been a great example of family life and being open to children, whether you have eight or have two, right? It, 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 numbers isn't the game here. Yeah. And so I feel like sometimes um, families, Catholic families especially, can feel almost shamed if they don't have super large oh, families. Sure. And it's not mm-hmm. necessarily that they're close to life. They're not necessarily using contraception. Right. And we have to be super aware of that. Like people... Mm-hmm. God that's has another way plan. of commodifying children. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like I want a bunch of them. And, and mm-hmm. it comes down to your relationship, uh, an internal openness to God's plan. Um, uh, and he's, he's planning your family with you. And yeah. so um, that's kudos to Philip Rivers. May your passes go long. <laughs> May your cribs overflow. Yes. May your fingers be covered with rings. Yes. <laughs> Super Bowl rings and wedding rings. Yes, indeed. Nicely done. Spike Father the ball. Brad Doyle, Spike the ball. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow. 517. Yes, indeed. For those of you who are out there listening, we are glad that you are part of our growing, ever-growing family. We are the Catholic Underground. <laughs> indeed you are listening to the catholic underground we're online at catholicunderground.tv i'm kathleen lee here with jeff blackwell olivia Galino, and father brad we're all here our picks of the week are coming up but first if you're listening live this is the month of november mm. and some of you may already be putting up your christmas decorations Shame, shame. Actually, um, whatever. You can do it. All right. No. Should we discuss this? Shit, yeah, we I can, want we to. Can, we can go for it. I'm going for it. So this is this is what I say. Okay. I, I say wait till Advent because at least it's a liturgical season. Yep. What, yeah. my, I have a problem when people use Thanksgiving as the marker because I'm like, Thanksgiving is not like... It's not a holy day of obligation. Yeah. Like if we're talking about like Christmas is a liturgical celebration. Right. So let's be real about that. So if we're going to get like fussy about when we're starting to put up decorations, I say at least Advent. Are you even American? Father <laughs> <laughs> Brad, when do, you, when do you decorate? Right after Thanksgiving. Straight up. I don't know. Uh-huh. Okay. There's, there's right, a progression. Right after there's a progression. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Give me some that. Mm-hmm. There's I'm a progression. opposed to it. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. You were very opposed. And it's okay. I'm cool with it. I don't you know if the opposed. word very is appropriate. I just simply stated some objections. Here's the deal. I make a distinction between liturgical observance and things that are strictly and pretty much associated with Christmas, right? Yeah. Songs, hymns, songs about mm-hmm. Christ, these like Christmas carols type yeah, thing. Yeah. And then there's like holiday season stuff, which is just like, okay, lights, it's holly, snowflakes. Yeah. snowflakes. Is that is that necessarily Snowman. associated with Christmas? No, it's a cultural expression. The winter. Win- Wintery. Yeah, and, and it's we don't been know much cold. About that it's here. been darn cold <laughs> down here. And I want to put up my little frosty lights. Yeah, I'm all about that. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like I got some kind of prejudice? I don't know. I'll start like I'll, I'll start looking at Kathleen. <laughs> I'm gonna be in all kinds of shade if y'all can't Look, see I'll tell this. You this. One of the th- one of the things that I, that totally knocked me out of Christmas being in this like box um, was actually Father Brad. We were playing one MP3 several years ago, and it must I, it was like in the the spring, and all of a sudden oh. Father Brad just busts out and oh come let us adore him, and I was like. <laughs> He can't, he can't sing that. It's not. He can't sing that right now. And then I was like, listen. I was like, oh wait, 
totally legit for like <laughs> yeah. what's happening right now. And so now like mm-hmm. I've stolen that. I've stolen a little bit, sorry. Oh. But like I was like, oh, okay. So Christmas and like this idea of, so I'm I'm after Thanksgiving. I'm an after Thanksgiving lady to prepare myself that. for Advent. But I I'm a hard like, look. I went in before thank before um, Halloween. Halloween to get decorations for Halloween, and they already had Mardi Gras decorations <laughs> up on the. I'm I'm already doing my 2019 <laughs> Christmas shopping. Yeah. Oh my god. Like next year. No, indeed. <laughs> well, okay. So before Thanksgiving, before Christmas, before Thanksgiving, we do celebrate two important feasts. In the church, the very beginning of November, All Saints and All Souls Day, yes. We remember with hope all those saints who are in God's presence, right, who've lived an exemplary life and were carefully examined by the church to be considered as such in the big S saints, right? It's also the time to remember those faithful, everyday Christians, common and ordinary, who with their virtues and limitations after having died, hope to reach eternal glory, right? All the souls all of the faithful departed, all mm-hmm. those who have have died, right? Um, on All Souls Day, and this is one that's like often, everybody remembers All Saints Day, especially down here mm. in the South, who that That's when the New Orleans Saints were founded on All, All Saints, Saints Day, Day, right? 1964, six, five, whatever. <laughs> one of those days. I was just gonna stick with the date, but all right. Um, but All Souls Day is also a really important you yeah. know, um, celebration of the, of the, of the, the church. Mm-hmm. I remember the, the deceased faithful and we're encouraged to offer a prayer for their soul's eternal rest. Not something that we, we think about past, like when somebody has passed away. Right. You know, I'm going to, I, you know, I'm going to pray for them the day that we bury them. And then mm-hmm. out of, I mean, like this is horrible to say out of sight, out of mind, you know? Well, um, yeah. and, and, and even, you know, in our culture today, we struggle with the idea of death and, you know, going to, to, how do you celebrate death? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, now the church invites us to remember those who have died, to visit them at cemeteries and of course to pray for them. Right. But why do we bury our, our dead? Where does this tradition come from? And there's a lot of logistical reasons why we would bury our dead down here. Um, in the South, we don't actually bury them in a lot of places in the ground, um, above ground, um, um, graves are very, uh, prevalent in New Orleans. Why? Because New Orleans floods, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and the, the ground is really soft. And but, but where does that come from, right? Let's, um, most of us see this idea of burying someone after they died as uh, something natural and part of the culture, right? But there's also a spiritual background mm-hmm. behind this practice, which is pretty cool if you think about it, right? Number one, it's part of the works, uh, the corporal works of mercy, yeah. right? It's the last in the list of the corporal. Um, works of mercy and there's a reason to this right uh, the previous six or the first six works of mercy uh, feed the hungry give water to the thirsty clothe the naked shelter the homeless visit the sick visit the, those who are in prison right talk about the charitable care of the one who is suffering mm-hmm. currently suffering right uh, but when that life ends maybe due to the suffering that they have encountered right, we're also invited to give him a worthy and careful treatment without judging the life or the merits of the deceased, but but as an act of love for our neighbor, mm. right? That even in death, and it reminds me of the story of um, of um, one of the wardens down here at one of our, our prisons. Uh, Angola is a huge prison down here in Louisiana, and he when he came, this is one of the wardens came to the prison before he was named warden, and uh, he was encountering an inmate's death or an inmate's funeral. Sorry, mm. and what happened was atrocious like he was in a cardboard box mm. and and it was raining and just it was 
Mm. And he said, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. He said, these men have paid their, their debt in life and they deserve dignity in their death. Mm -hmm. And so he, he redid the whole way that they did funerals at Angola. Mm -hmm. And now the inmates make these beautiful caskets and they're allowed to um, take part in funeral processions with yeah. a horse-drawn carriage. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. But this idea that like, there is dignity even in, you know, even in your death mm -hmm. and how we celebrate that, right? Um, and so number two, right, because we believe in the resurrection. Yep. Right. Um, it's inter it's interesting that the first Christians built graveyards before they even built temples. Mm. Right. And before being called a necropolis, right, which means city of the dead, um, they were called cemeteries. Or this is from the Greek word for bedroom, which is very cool. Aww, like right? laying we, them to rest. Right. If Aww. we believe in the resurrection, yeah. you're only resting. Blowing my mind. Yes. Yeah. Right? Like Paul says, like they are only sleeping. Right. Yes, yeah. indeed. Yeah. Right. And so. Um, so even um, a new Latin verb came from this, the, the verb deposit, hmm. right? And this was in opposition to the pagan rite in which there was a donation of the body to Mother Earth, right? They gave the body to Mother Earth. Weird. And the Christian rite highlights that the body is deposited in the earth. Because you can get it back. The yeah. Resurrection. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I deposit so yes. I can go out later, <laughs> get my money out, <laughs> yeah. go to heaven. Right? A reminder that it's not only a biological package that remains as, um, as a waste, mm. right? And that should be discarded in a clean and respectful way, but a body which rests in peace and ought to be resurrected in the last day. Right? Number cool. three, the Lord will resurrect our body. Right? The church invites us to, if possible, give burial to the body without altering it. Now, mm -hmm. this, is, this is important, and, this, and maybe, Father Brad, you can kind of yep. um, highlight this, because the, I know some people struggle with the idea of, um, of cremation and, and scattering ashes, and, and what's, the, like, what's the, the teaching on that? Yeah, so um, obviously it's preferable for a, a body without alteration um, to be buried because of uh, what it says about our belief in the resurrection mm -hmm. and in the temptation to, to make cremation a response to a disbelief in that resurrection, that, yeah. that kind of thing you were talking about, the uh, donation to the earth, like yeah. we're scattering and we're never going to have a body anymore. And if, it's, if cremation is done because of that, then it's not good. Yeah. But obviously, you know, we develop, uh, our doctrines develop, our practices develop, and so we allow it um, because the Lord will, will give us a resurrected body um, regardless of whether we're cremated or, or just, um, you know, um, or in the ground in a, in a bodily form anyway. So preferable in a casket. Yeah. Very good. Okay. And number four, um, because our intercession, like we need to pray for the dead, um, for those who have, have passed on because our intercession helps them, mm -hmm. right? Those who are, are in purgatory becoming cleansed, right? We visit the tombs, not, um, of our dead, not only out of obligation, right? But also to pray and to intercede for their soul, uh, which we believe to be purifying itself in purgatory. Right? They call these prayers suffrages. Uh, the best way to do that, offer a mass, go to the Eucharist, go and visit and pray at their at their grave. Right. So all this month of November, we're praying for those who have passed on uh, in hopes that they pray for us. We know that we're praying for you. You're praying for us. We are the Catholic Underground, and we will be right back. A prayer for vocations. O oh God, who wills not the death of a sinner, 
but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you, through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Welcome back. You have found the Catholic Underground Surprise with me, Kathleen Lee, joined by Olivia Galino, Father Brad Doyle, Boom. Jeff Blackwell, Ed Ball is in the ball pit. Our peak picks, our peaks, our peaks of our the peaks. weeks of the week are coming up. But first, Olivia, I know that this is one of your favorite. This guy is classic. My classic. St. Maximilian Colby. If you don't know him, you need to get a book. I'll be, <laughs> Olivia probably has several that she can recommend to you. This dude, like, get his story is incredible. His te- and not only not only the, the one act that he's remembered for, right? Right. Sure. But his his teachings and his, the way he lived his life. Yeah. Um, I was a couple years ago uh, went to Poland for World Youth Day, yeah, and was able to visit where he died. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story. But um, Saint Maximilian Kolbe always has some great lessons for us. Oh yeah, and I love. So I asked Kathleen if I could do this one because Saint Maximilian Kolbe is actually my confirmation saint, oh, and nice. um and that is like a complete not fluke because I was that person in my confirmation class like making Excel spreadsheets to try to figure out who I wanted to pick as my saint. No judgment, mm. but <laughs> looking at Father Brad, he's judging me. <laughs> he's, got, um, he's got judgy eyes. <laughs> not your soul. There you go. Um, but in a real way, I, I believe that the saints pick us more than we pick them. And um, and I think this is true in my own life of St. Maximilian Colby. And it's because of a lot of the things that Kathleen was talking about. Like he's remembered for that, you know, his his self-sacrificial act at the end of his life where he, um, they someone had escaped. And so they were picking 10 random prisoners to be sent to the starvation chamber um, where they would just be starved to death. So they were picking 10 kind of examples, people to make examples yeah. of. Right. And there was... Um, uh, a man who was who was picked randomly in this selection and uh, Father Maximilian, um, the man was really protesting, was like, please, I have a wife, I have kids, like, please, just please, if please spare me. And Father Maximilian stepped forward and said, I'm a priest. I want to take his place. Um, and of course, they're gonna, they're grabbing at the chance to, to be, be able to put to death a priest. Um, so they in a bizarre act of kind of mercy, um, they, they switch, they allow Father Maximilian to take the place of this man. Um, and they go to the, the starvation chamber. It takes them 10 days, but, um, but Father Maximilian is, is comforting them the entire time. He's, he's singing with them. He's, he's bringing joy into that really dark place. Talk about bringing light into darkness. Um, and in the end, um, and someone said recently, like the reason that he survived the starvation is because he had fasted for so many years as a priest. And I'm like, well, muscle memory. So he didn't actually like die from like fasting. Um, they had to they had to poison him in the end because he outlived everyone else. Um, uh, and he was grateful for that. He was grateful that 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 was his final gift as a priest to be able to console the souls of those that were entrusted to him. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's remembered for, right? Um, which is. Obviously, we're not detracting from that. It's incredibly beautiful. But one thing that I feel like we we miss sometimes is that he has this incredible devotion from almost the beginning of his life to Mary. Um, And 
And when we think about uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe and the lessons that he teaches us, it's often through that that Marian lens that he's trying to to get a message across. And he was also kind of a media priest. Um, yeah. I imagine like if Father Chris would you know get over his hatred of the beard, he could be like a, a modern Maximilian. <laughs> oh wait a minute, you we know what I mean? No shave November with Father Chris. That's why you have me on. But Lent's coming. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay, Lent's okay, coming. Okay, that's, that's okay. That's right. Okay. <laughs> It's okay. And Father Chris, you're listening. Skipping it. You know he's clean shaven up in the Yeah, I know. I've seen the pictures. And his face is cold. Mm -hmm. It probably is. But really, I mean, like, because Father Maximilian, St. Maximilian was, he was like a, you know, he started a radio station. He had a magazine. Like, Mm -hmm. he was, for the time, like, he was very hip and with it. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, you know, it was the 40s. Mm -hmm. Um, But the message was fundamentally the same um, and just looking at it from different ways, which is go to Mary. Yeah. To Jesus through Mary. Um, so he basically, like I said, like he lived and died with his love for the Virgin Mary. Um, and and to really understand him, you have to understand that devotion. And he to him, it was just logical and necessary that like if you want to follow Christ, you have no other choice than to go to Mary. Right. Um, because he says, you know, our mission is to become like little Christs. Yeah. So if we're going to do that, then we have to entrust ourselves to the person to whom God entrusted himself. You know, like God chose the Virgin Mary to be incarnated through and in her, um, to to spend nine months in her womb, to spend 30 years in her house with St. Joseph. Like this is the one, this is the one that 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 heaven and earth meet in Mary's yeah. womb, just like they meet on the altar in in uh, in Mass. Like, so there's there's no detracting from how powerful that is, and we can't even encapsulate how powerful that is. Therefore, why not go to Mary? Yeah. You know, I was doing a retreat a couple of um, last month, a couple months ago, and um, talking. Uh, it was, the retreat was on Mary, and one of the other speakers gave a beautiful insight. He said, um, at the time of the crucifixion. All of the apostles ran away, except for one who ran to Mary, mm-hmm. John, right, the beloved, and Mary brought him back to Christ, yeah, to the foot of the cross. And I was like, "Duh, dang, right!" Like yeah. every, like the one, the one who ran to Mary in a time of of great distress, and she said, "Come on, yeah, we, this is where we need to go." She brought him back to the to the foot of the cross, right? Yeah. And how beautiful that idea is that we, you know we run to Mary. Yeah. She brings us to her son. Yeah. Yeah. And she also shows us what to do in those moments. Cause I mean, right. think about it, like Mary stands at the foot of the cross. That's not an easy thing to do. She's watching her son who she knows is the son of God. Right. She's watching her son be crucified and she's known for his entire life since his conception that this is what was going to happen. Yeah. And she's been preparing, she's been pondering these things in her heart. Right. But she's seeing it unfold in front of her and she's not crumbling. She's not falling apart. Right. She's not, you know, trying to distract herself and, and fill her heart with other things. She's standing there. She's receiving it all as painful as it is. And she's standing. And in that moment, she's giving birth to the church, right? Yeah. It's like with mm-hmm. Christ, Christ, the, you know, said that the church is born from the side of Christ and Mary's there because she's the new Eve. She is our, she is our mother. And so when we say that, that Mary is our spiritual mother, that's not like an empty kind of like consolation prize. Like, like, oh, well, you know, she's Jesus' mom, but she's your spiritual mom. Like, yeah, no, yeah. like, that's a real thing. Like, because you are body and soul, and, and your your soul is not a concession to your body. They are, they're equal players in, in making you you. And and just so, like, if we want to be formed spiritually, mm-hmm. just, just like, if, you know, I don't know, I don't work out, but, like, if you want to, like, <laughs> if you want to become better 
bodily, you oftentimes you need someone to show you what to do. Because if you just go yeah. into like a CrossFit gym or you go into just a normal gym and you just start doing things, you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Same in the spiritual life. In fact, like if you just start kind of messing around with things in the spiritual life, you're going to get into some trouble. Yeah. Well, but if you, you have form bad, like you just form bad habits. Yeah. yeah. That's true. And so if we form ourselves or allow ourselves to be formed in the spiritual womb of Mary, then through, you know, the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit, who is her spouse, um, we can be formed uh, more into the likeness of the Son of God. You know, we are already made in the image of God. We it's our, our task in life to become more of the likeness of God. And that's what Mary helps us to do. Um, and so St. Maximilian, he, he says this over and over again, you know, in her womb, the soul must be regenerated according to the form of Jesus Christ. And with the help of the Immaculate, we are capable of everything. Mm-hmm. The Immaculate being Mary, of course. He also talks about how um, the essence of holiness is obedience. And this is honestly one of my favorite parts of St. Maximilian's teaching because it's probably, it's kind of like the unpopular part that like if you're reading an article Mm -hmm. and you get to the part about obedience, you're like, just scroll. It's fine. Yeah. Right. Like, I know, I know I got to like listen and do stuff, but just scroll. Let me get to the pretty stuff. Yeah. But the way he talks about obedience is really transformative. I I think especially for our time, because we don't like that. Like I don't, as a culture and as a generation, we don't like the the idea of having to be obedient to someone. We like independence, right? I want to be self-sufficient. I want to be my own woman, my own person. I want to be like completely on my own, except for when I choose to be with other people. But obedience is something different. I have to submit myself to someone else's authority. I have to recognize that someone else is superior in a way that I am not. Uh, And I am not only like begrudging about that I'm okay with it I'm good with it I'm happy about it and that's not a place where we where we live we're not comfortable there so we don't do that um and so it's tempting to think about holiness um as something that's like I don't know maybe like set aside for only certain people like even certain Christians like they're you know like those ladies in church who spend all the time in church Mm -hmm. and you're like okay well they're the holy ones and I'm I'm just I'm different I'm not that yeah and, but, but really like when you're looking at them, it's not like excessive amounts of prayer that's making them holy. It's not, and when you look at the saints, it's not the fact that they like had these, you know, thousands of mystical visions that make them holy. It's the fact that they listened, yeah. you know, they're obedient. Um, like that, like I said, they're willing to, to submit themselves to, to a power that's greater than themselves. Um, and so one of the most important lessons that St. Maximilian has taught is that Holiness is nothing more than obedience to the will of God in every circumstance of life. So not only in those big circumstances where you can kind of see in a, in a certain way, like there's a choice I have to make here and, and either one is going to kind of change the course of my life. Yeah. But really in every moment, there's that, there's that reality. In every moment, there's a chance to be obedient to God. And it comes down to the words that you say or the thoughts that you think mm-hmm. that you entertain. You know, all of those things are chances to, to be obedient to the will of God. Man. <laughs> I wish I could just levitate and that was holy. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, mean, I have to actually love. I can't just have all these gifts and be a clashing gong and a banging cymbal. No, brother, no. you got to love. If you have all the the, the gifts and tongues of mm-hmm. angels and do not have love, yeah, you're not doing it right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, think about it this way too. Like you know, for for New Year's every year, I fail miserably because I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna like you fall asleep before is, midnight. Yes, because I am old. And um, <laughs> for all those older listeners out there who are offended that Kathleen called herself old, 
<laughs> you know. Okay, so how but do you feel? So, but I, every year, like at, at at New Year's, like I'm, I'm gonna lose 30 pounds. I'm gonna mm-hmm. eat just chicken and chicken broth. One year I tried to go on a saltine. Okay, one year I tried to go on a saltines diet, and then I worked at a daycare and they had chili the, that, that day. <laughs> so I was like. Well, saltines goes Mother really good. God. With, You're like it's a it's that's a solemnity. Not, that's yeah, my favorite. It goes story. really good with saltines goes really daycare. good with chili. So, but but like gives kids chili. Whatever, this could be everywhere. It was great. <laughs> Fantastic. Chili. But that's what I'm thinking. Like you know, when you think about the spiritual life, it's very much like that. Like if I decided tomorrow that I'm going to give up Cheetos and Coke and Chick Fil A, bye. Mm-hmm. And I'm this like I can't do that unless I've said okay, I'm going to limit myself. You know now to one Coke mm-hmm. and a handful of Cheetos, you know? And yeah. then, you know, it's the same way in the spiritual life. If you're not obedient in the small things, you can't be obedient in the big things because you haven't mm-hmm. built anything up. You haven't built any spiritual muscle yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's and what I, th- I was trying to say with my chili. I just love that. I'm never, I'm never going to forget that story. And then I worked at a daycare and they served chili. Kathleen <laughs> <laughs> Lee, ladies and gentlemen. It was, the, it was the best and worst day of my life. <laughs> But no, I mean, y'all make some really good points because like it's it's so much about that marriage of obedience and love. And because sometimes like we think about like holiness is just like that St. Therese kind of love, like just holy on fire, uh, completely all consuming. But sometimes it's not. Sometimes the uh, holiness is, is cultivated in those moments of obedience when you don't feel any love or when you don't feel the capacity to act on it. Like some of my favorite moments in scripture are when people are just kind of like letting God have it. Like I think about, um, Alicia, um, is it Alicia when the Shumanite woman, he was um, the bald one. What? He was bald. Yes, but that's not what I'm trying. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> stick with me. I'm no, trying. I think it was Alicia. Yeah. When he was, um, uh, the Shumanite woman, uh, her son had died and she was mourning him and he goes into the son's mm-hmm. room and, he, and he's mad because like these are his friends. These are people that he stays with regularly. Like they take care of him when he comes and he loves this boy and he's mad and he's kind of he's praying to God. But you can you can read the anger in it. And I love those moments because in that moment, I don't know that you could say that he's like he's overwhelmed with like warm and fuzzies. Is yeah. he's, he's not feeling sentimental. He's like there's still a love there, but it's manifesting in like. Like, I'm going to be obedient to your will. So you tell me what I have to do in this moment. And God is faithful. God shows up. Uh, it's not always in the, you know, like if A, then B equals C kind of way, but like, but God shows up um, and it's because of our obedience. And it's also like, there's that texture of relationship in there too. Like our, we can't just come to God when we're feeling warm and fuzzy because that's not a relationship. Um, but we still be obedient in those moments where we don't feel like we can do anything worthwhile or when we don't feel like, like maybe God is present or maybe we just feel more of an absence, you know, think of mother Teresa in those moments and how much she endured, but she was still, her love manifested in obedience. You know what I want to point out about Maximilian Colby in this whole do talk it. is um, is that he shows you, and men, as many saints do, actually every saint, right? There's an aspect of suffering, and mm-hmm. he dies at the end. So he gives his life to Jesus through Mary, and um, and he dies in an, in a concentration camp. Like it's like giving your life to Jesus through Mary does not mean you're not going to suffer. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. if you're out there and, and you're experiencing suffering, you're like, I gave my life to God and I still experience the suffering. Like 
you're you're gonna be a saint like yeah. that's, if you do it right you know yeah. and this is awesome yeah. and, and so it doesn't it was never promised Jesus never promised it he said pick up your cross you will mm-hmm. be like me they will persecute you too mm-hmm. and um the comfortable are not gonna be I mean it, it, the rich like if you if mm-hmm. you're really rich and you don't care about anyone in your life like you can't get to heaven he says mm-hmm. it it's like a camel camp like yeah, passing through the eye of the needle um basically we're all gonna suffer, mm-hmm. right? And um, and and the saints show us that, and you just do it well, like yeah. singing songs and hymns and yeah. um, and canticles with with those who were with you that aren't even of your same faith, like yeah, it was, it was Jews and other people in there, so yeah. yeah. And he's he says something like that too. He's talking about how don't forget that holiness consists not in extraordinary actions, but in performing your duties towards God, yourself, and others well. Just do it well. Yeah. Just try. Show up. If you show up, God shows up. Um, so he also talks about, uh, how sin can even help us grow in holiness. And I almost like, I love how, uh, that's a hot take. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Like I almost feel like, Ooh, controversy even saying that because, you know, if you're, if you're listening and your spine kind of shot up, like, yeah, like that's a, that's a weird thought. Um, but one of his ideas was that sin can actually help us advance on the road to perfection because it shows us our limits. You know, sin is a very, um, effective has a very effective way of telling us how far we can go and how weak we are and uh, and also shows us the the consequences of the risks that we take uh, with our relationship with God and those are real things um, and it, it, my mom oh, bless her always used to say when we were kids like there are consequences for every decision you make sure, yeah. and sometimes you only know those consequences by making the wrong decision and, and being being confronted with it and knowing, I don't ever want to do that again. Yeah. I don't ever want to be that again. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not to say that sin is ever excusable or like it's something that we should try for because we're going to learn a lesson from it. No, of course not. But if you find yourself there, then, then well, okay, sin is forgivable. I want to go back and say that. But if you find yourself there, then be there allow the allow the the blessed virgin to come into that moment with you and let her be a mother to you let her be a mother who shows you okay this is where you went wrong and this is what you can do better this is this is where you can lean more on jesus because you aren't you aren't strong enough right now or you need the grace to be able to withstand whatever it is in this trial this temptation reminds me of the scripture where jesus says who loves more um, the one who sins much and has been forgiven much. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. it's like, that's how sin, it's not like God wants us to sin. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, see you listeners go out and sin. That's yeah. your, that's my pick of the week. <laughs> right? Like, no, it's not my pick of the week. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But, but God uses our falls. I mean, mm-hmm. hello, the fall. Oh, happy fall. Oh, necessary yeah. sin of Adam, who, which, who brought to us, which brought to us so great a redeemer. Mm-hmm. It's right there in, in the liturgy of Easter, mm-hmm. uh, the Easter vigil, you know, like he, he, he allows it because he's going to use it, and he's going to punch sin in the face. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. I love it. It actually makes me think about uh, <laughs> yeah. a prayer someone ta- taught me one time. It's like, Hail Mary, full of grace, punch the devil in the face. It's <laughs> okay. a good one. It's a good one. Um, <laughs> which I also kind of leads into this next point about like missionary zeal. Like St. Maximilian Colby is one of the he, – he lives it in a quieter way, but he is he's a zealot by, yeah. by every definition of the word because there's no like half-heartedness in him. He's not, he's not hot and then – I mean, he's not like lukewarm. He's like – He's hot all the time. And uh, his mission is to liberate as many souls as possible from sin and to to lead them to their true happiness uh, by uniting them with God through that relationship with the Blessed Virgin. And and he, he that's why he kind of harps on that so much. He's like, it's not enough to be 
to like become the immaculate with some defined limits what he says in every respect we must desire to radiate her to as so as to draw to her the souls of all others who are will be and might be without restriction so all he's saying is like you got to go in hard you got to go hard in the paint and you have to bring mary i can do sports references and you gotta you gotta bring mary into every situation because the the light that mary radiates the light of jesus christ that you will live by by living a life of holiness attracts people it attracts people it leads them to jesus through mary and that's going to save souls can you describe what it means to go hard in the paint to go hard in the paint so like if you're let's say no i'm not going to do this right now uh, okay I'm just saying, i I'm can just i played i played post I know, for I'm years just, uh, sure um, inappropriate. You sorry yeah you did so um <laughs> all right so max Wayne colby also talks about i mean he's a great example of like Okay, yeah, you love everyone, even your enemies. He he lives that pretty well because he was never combative. He was never like vicious. He never became surly or mean, even though he he withstood some really truly terrible things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says kind of what you were just saying a minute ago, Father Brad, that we need to love our neighbor not just because he is pleasant or helpful or rich and influential, or even because he shows us gratitude. Um, because the in the end, these motives are self-serving. We need to love because of the dignity of the person, um, because we want their happiness. Uh, and then finally, he just talks about how we should never be discouraged. Um, and, and sometimes the life of holiness is is really rocky, or there's lots of obstacles, or we're just not who we want to be. Um, and so we experience some kind of shame, or maybe a lot of shame because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really encourage you, like, pray with with St. Maximilian Colby, pray with the Blessed Virgin, um, and, 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 and listen to his encouragement to never lose heart. Um, to always be courageous, to entrust everything to Mary, absolutely everything to Mary, hold nothing back, um, because she's far more capable than us uh, of helping us than we are of helping ourselves. And I love this. I'm gonna I'm gonna end with this. He says, uh, "Let us let us let ourselves be led. Then let us not attempt to do more than that which Mary wills, or more quickly." Mm. Because think about it, Mary's will is completely in line with the will of God, right. which is why she is, she is the Blessed Virgin Mary. She's full of grace. That means that she is completely in line with the will of God. So let us not attempt to do more than what Mary wills or more quickly. So if you feel like maybe you're not becoming holy fast enough, um, if, you, if you feel like maybe you're just not progressing towards who you need to be or what you need to do or, or what you want to be in life, then allow Mary to enter into that and to, to help you find your pace. Yes, Absolutely. Love it. St. Maximilian Colby, pray, pray for, for us. For sure. Well, Mr. Blackwell, I believe it's time for that part of the show that we like to call The CU Pick of the Week. Yes, indeed. It's one of my favorite parts. And I came in clutch at the last minute. I got a good one. So but we'll start today with, with you, Jeff. Oh, well, heavens, that's very nice of you. Uh, My wife and I uh, came across this. We've been talking about doing the 33 Days to Morning Glory. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will tell you, this is really a neat app that helps us because uh, we have one book or we could have the app, which, you know, she can uh, call up on her phone or iPad. It is a free, beautiful app for the smartphone, the tablet, uh, and it helps you on this 33-day virtual retreat, if you will, with our our mother. Totally Yours is the name of the app. And uh, it gives you options on when to begin the retreat. It takes less than oh, oh thank you. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, the the Jeff Star One is the only uh, ship in the fleet that has in the CU fleet that has a tip jar. Oh nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you, Ed. That was very kind of you. <laughs> So it emerges from the ball pit. Uh, yeah, and there's another tip in here. Is, let's see. Um, would male team members remember to put the seat down to the zero-gravity toilet? <laughs> oh 
It's true. Father Chris uh, will be back in two weeks, everyone. <laughs> oh, that's the other one here. It says, uh, uh, how about bringing Father Chris back? I miss his humor. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, nice. We miss him. Uh, any, five minutes a day, and you also have choices of prayers and journaling. It really is a sweet app, and I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, we're on our way to December 8th, which is? The Immaculate Conception. There you go. Yeah. Totally yours. Excellent. Okay. Oh, I'm Galena. What you got over there? Okay, so mine is actually like kind of providentially related to yours. I know, I saw oh. that and this spurred mine. So oh, we well, then you cheated. So here we go. No, um, it's my okay, pick. My of turn, the- it's my turn. Shut it. My pick of the week is the Magnolia Record Club. Um, so I am one of those like. I'm one of those people. I have nerd, a I nerd. have my my turntable and I've had it for years and I love it. And anyway, oh, I love to listen to music on vinyl. Nice. And um, but I don't always have time to go to the record store. Um, I like to go and, and chat with the guy and, and get recommendations. Um, but Magnolia Record Club is a, a you know subscription, a monthly subscription where um, Drew Holcomb of Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors he yep. curates the uh, the albums that come out every month that are part of the subscription service. Um, and so you pay, you can either pay monthly or every three months or for a year, um, and you get vinyl in the mail every month um, from uh, from Magnolia Rec- Record Company. It has like a postcard in it that explains why Drew picked it. Um, it has recommendations for other things. Um, so it's just like really I don't know kind of intricate the way that they've worked this so like if you if you like this kind of music here's more of it yeah. um, and then let's say that it, something comes up and you either already have it or you know the person and you're just not interested um, you can go into their their shop and say I don't really don't want that one this month I want another one and they'll oh. send you the other one um, and what's great about them is that it's not just like stuff that you can find in the store some of it is some of it isn't um, they have a lot of like limited edition releases mm-hmm. or maybe things that haven't come out on vinyl yet yeah. um, to the public so you can get really kind of exclusive things um from a a really well curated service so i've been really happy with it i've been doing this for the past like three or four months and i'm really i'm really stoked about magnolia record and and vinyl is back i'm sorry oh no i was about to say like vinyl i mean that's old school in it but it kind of uh, helps you actually listen to the music because oh, yeah. you have to care and, and I have it, to be but, there in the room yeah. and listen to it. I can't just like put it on and walk. And away. I saw the yes. Eagles has a, a gift set now. It's a, it's like a twelve CDs or fifteen vinyl albums, which really oh, surprised me. Yeah, yeah, but they also lost. Forty-eight to seven. No, okay, okay. Oh. Kathleen, what's your pick of the week? Well, I was going to say, Father Brad, it's time for your shameless plug. I mean, pick of the week. So my pick of the week is uh, it is a shameless plug. I'm so sorry, but it's a good one. It's a but, really okay, good one. Okay, so yeah. I, I'm um, so I'm an associate pastor in three parishes in the in the River St. James. Uh, civil parish um but on the side i'm also i host a podcast and the podcast is called the quizzical papist okay yeah and it's quiz like q u i z z i c a l papist okay and um what it is it's just a catholic trivia podcast so i have guests on uh olivia's been on a show kathleen i need to get you on there yeah yeah and um it's also kind of um it also, it's supposed to be a bar trivia feel, yeah. so sometimes you might we might review some beers on there, mm-hmm. and, it, and yes, it, it's questions that um, that have the pop culture. Where does that meet the faith? And yeah. so they're not mm. all super duper like where in the catechism is yeah. this yeah, teaching. Yeah. It's, it's it was fun. I had a great time, and I've listened to a bunch of the episodes since the one that that I've done, and it's it's really well done. I can where get can my they, where can they find it? Yeah. yeah so any any podcatcher, um, most of the big ones. So iTunes. Spotify, I think I'm. That's definitely on Google Play somewhere mm-hmm. out there. But um, my Buzzsprout. If you go to 
uh, Facebook, the quizzical papist. I have a, I have a, a Facebook group. Um, there's not a lot of people on it right now, so go out there. Um, but any any kind of podcast app, go get it. Um, subscribe, um, rate me, review me, and um, just have fun. Listen mm-hmm. to it with friends yeah. and see if you can get some answers right and you learn some stuff. Yeah, Kathleen, yes, what's your pick of the week? My pick of the week. Okay, a couple weeks ago, you know, I went to uh, Houston to listen to Need to Breathe. It's where I encountered Bucky for the first time in my life. <laughs> Best day of my life ever in all of the universe. The other day, Need to Breathe uh, let out an acoustic album. Mm-hmm. Did you get this? It was part of the subscription service, but I you didn't I get it. We're else. not friends I'm sorry. anymore. Okay, I love right. you though. I, my parents just moved, so we have a half-empty house. House now with surround sound. Wow. I do not like acoustic yeah. versions of anything. I don't like it. I think yeah. it's boring. I put this on today, and I was every song, every song. Oh. Oh, all right, need to breathe. <laughs> Go ahead with your bad self. Now, I'm very sad that I will be missing their new acoustic um, tour. I am going to that. Does I don't that make it better? About it? No, because I'm not going to that. <laughs> okay, I can't win. So all right, need I'm, I'm going to head out for the night. Acoustic Live Volume 1, it's in, like, it just shows what incredible musicians they are, both in production and by themselves. I mean... You go back on Magnolia Records and tell them you need this really bad because that's just it. Now, I'm in trouble. You know, Jeff, <laughs> Yes. we're always grateful for our viewers, our listeners, and our benefactors. Indeed we are. And this week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. You can join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. More information at catholicunderground.tv. Yes, indeed. If you like the show notes for the episode or to subscribe to the podcast audio, go to catholicunderground.com. Our panelists have been Olivia Galino at the.real.omg. Good night. She's still so mad about that. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Our guest host has been Father Brad Doyle at the Quizzical Papist podcast. Yeah. Good to have (laughs) you. Our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. Jeffblackwell.us. Or at Jeff Black Wellis on yep. Instagram and the Twitters. Tonight. Our research assistant and leader of the crew in the lab is Jim Hayes. Yeah, Jim. Thank you so much for sticking with us, Jim. <laughs> Our video and graphics director is, of course, Ed Ball. You know me. I'm Kathleen. I'm here for another week. And then <laughs> Father Chris is back. You can follow me on Instagram at Kaylee626. We hope, we hope, all of us collectively, yes. we've helped you cut through the noise and find that still small voice. We are the Catholic Underground, we are Faith Gone Digital, and we will see you next time. Catholic.